Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Jim Babbles, and welcome to episode 186. I've got today here with me Maddie, Workplace Relations um, Advisor, and we'll be talking about, I guess, the funny situations or sometimes the complicated situations of when is it really over resignation of employment. Hi, Maddie. How are you going? Good. Thanks, Jim, and happy to be here. So there's been a lot of talk over the years about working when is a resignation really a resignation? What is now the consensus? Absolutely, Mary. So I guess, well, the starting point, as always, in many of these situations is the contract of employment. And this largely follows, I guess, the NES, and that is when an employer resigns, they must provide a four-week notice period. Uh, and this notice period is largely, and I almost say universally, replicated in our EBAs as well. Okay. Must the resignation triggering the notice period be in writing? Not necessarily. Uh, in many cases, it is verbal and can also be in an email. Um, however, irrespective if it is verbal or in you know, or in writing, uh, the employer's acknowledgement must and should be in writing, and this will form an as this will form, I guess, an evidentiary basis and requirement in the event, say, a claim for you know breach of contract or unfair dismissal or even constructive dismissal occurs. Are there exceptions to the four weeks? Uh, listen, depending on the uh, on the contract of employment, yes, that is true, there are exceptions. Uh, many contracts stipulate, and specifically I guess many fixed-term contracts, might only stipulate say one or two weeks, uh, but these arrangements are usually just really for private sector uh, you know, employment situations. Also, maximum term contracts or senior management or executive level contracts can, in many cases, uh, that do have longer term notice periods of say, you know, three to six months. And the reason for this is that they really want to ensure, say, business continuity and transition. Now, the case of Canberra Urology Propriety Limited and Renee Lancaster appears to be quite unusual. What is the background to the, this claim? Yes, it's really unusual, to be honest with you. I guess, listen, we'll just summarise it as follows. Miss Lancaster was employed as a part-time receptionist uh, for you know, the 18th of March uh, 2019 until about 20 July of 2020. Dr. Malkay, he was the principal of the uh, of the urology company. Uh, in late November 2019, Miss um, uh, Malkay was asked whether you know there was some overdue accounts that had been dealt with, and Miss Lancaster was somewhat perturbed and annoyed by all this, and said words to the principal to the effect of, you know, that's it, I've had enough of this place, and I'm out of here, and really took her belongings and left. Um, bit hot-headed, a bit of a spur of the moment type of thing. Um, essentially, I guess, um, what really then transpired, I guess, is, is really important. The employer, um, re and to their utter and complete fault, did not do the two following things. Firstly, follow up with Miss Lancaster after she walked out and did not ask for the return of the office keys. And secondly, they did not pay out any of annual leave, annual leave entitlements after the first period of employment. Two really significant things there. And some days later, Dr. Malkahi, the principal, noticed that Miss Lancaster was actually back at work, work and sitting at her desk. He then purportedly said to her, what are you doing here? You said you were leaving. Uh, you know, the employee, Miss Lancaster, completely ignored his questions and continued to work. Dr. Malkay then went to the actual practice manager and asked why the applicant was, you know, so the employee, Miss Lancaster, was still there, but was told not to say anything to leave her and leave her alone. 
Um, the Miss Lancaster continued to work in her role until her employment finished on the 20th of July of 2020. And at that time, she applied to the Fair Work Commission for an unfair dismissal remedy. So can we assume that from your tip from earlier on that post-employment step, such as acknowledgement of resignation, have been missed and these have come back to bite the employer? Absolutely. I guess as I mentioned earlier, these were and are important considerations. Uh, we must remember the employee in this uh, instance, Miss Lancaster, never used the words, I quit, I resign, I'm gone forever. She never used, I guess she never mentioned any word or, or any inference of word that would have indicated that the contract of employment was over and really the employer never took any steps, even from a duty of care perspective either. Um, so that were just really important considerations that were missed. On the duty of care issue, what should the employer have done? Yeah, listen, it, it's it's actually quite an interesting point, but they should have definitely have contacted her to ascertain if everything was okay and, and is okay on that day. I mean, everyone, every one of us at some point is really, for personal reasons, is just going to have a very bad day so often. And I guess COVID-19 indicated to us that there really must be a check and see approach um, as the best means to meet our duties or an employer's duties under the OHS Act 2004. Also, need to ask the question, I guess, which I mentioned a little bit earlier on, was this a, you know, a heat of the moment resignation? And that's the big question. Seems sensible. Then why did matters escalate? Well, essentially the reason they escalated, I guess, it, it really is that the matter ended up in the Fair Work Commission. The Fair Work Commission, I guess, listen, did find that Miss Lancaster's conduct did not constitute, you know, a clear intention or, you know, a clear uh, statement of resignation, particularly because, you know, her conduct afterwards is really the key, the key rationale and the key performance criteria on the key criteria you have to look at. Specifically, she did attend work as she would have normally have done. Nothing changed. It also didn't help, I guess, uh, you know, that the employer did not act in any way, like I've mentioned a bit earlier on, with those post-employment checklists that didn't check and see if she had resigned. They did not really seek, you know, and check to see if property had been returned and that could be mobile phone, keys, laptop, iPads, etc., or pay out any of her entitlements. All those steps were missed. Uh, and then that really was the key consideration to this case. Um, interesting enough, uh, you know, Canberra Urology, Dr. Malkay, he decided, uh, sought, decided to seek permission to appeal the this decision, uh, but the full bench of the Fair Work Commission just wasn't going to have a bar of it and really, you know, denied um, the, the leave to appeal. The end result really was that, you know, Miss Lancaster met the minimum requirements of the mirror period of continual service and was not barred from any way and under any circumstances from seeking an unfair dismissal remedy. What can we learn from this? Well, I guess this is matter. We might just break it up into two components. Firstly, let's just look at it from the, you know, the argument or the issue from a heat of the moment or a bad day resignation and what an employer should do. Well, what should an employer do? And I guess there's five key steps. One, keep detailed notes of the events so that there is, you know, you know evidence and a paper trail of the facts surrounding what occurred leading up to, you know, the purported resignation. Two, you know, and really this is circumstance driven and really employee, an employee circumstance driven issue. You know, make further inquiries, ask questions to see really was this a genuine re resignation? It could just even be a phone call. I know you've had a bad day, Miss Lancaster, but you know, did you intend to resign or 
or is it a little bit more to this? Thirdly, confirm the resignation in writing, even in an email, just acknowledge it. Fourth, you know, really do those other post-employment checks, which are really important. Ask for keys, property, mobile phones, laptops, iPads, the works. Get everything returned, okay? And really pay out, the, lastly, fifth, pay out the entitlements. Those things were not done and need to be done. And I guess the second component with the part two of this is, is the duty of care perspective. You know, an employer should at the very least follow up to assess if their employee is okay, is it a bad day, has something happened, and really offer AAP or any other assistance. And that could just be a verbal reassurance just to make sure, you know, you know, is there, is there a personal incident? Is there something else driving this? As opposed to just accepting there's a, you know, a heat of the moment resignation. I think that's things that we need to avoid. Okay, great. Thanks very much, Jim. Thanks, Maddie.